following podcast represents the perspectives of the host and our guests. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not represent those of our places of work. Hello and welcome to another episode of Parcels of Info, an NDC podcast, our most efficient way to deliver parcels of valuable information straight to the healthcare supply chain. Today, my guest on Parcels of Info is Scott Adams. He's the publisher of Repertoire Magazine and a managing partner at Share Moving Media. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. Liz, thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, excited about having a conversation with you today. As am I. We are about to get into the effects the pandemic has had and will continue to have across the healthcare channel. So this is a really interesting topic. Um, Scott has a lot of great insight and just experience within the healthcare industry. And I know you are about to educate us all about what's going on in the channel. So the title of this podcast episode speaks for itself, but Scott, can you give us your definition of what the channel is? Yeah, so uh, the channel for us, and this is near and dear to Share Moving Media's heart, we wake up every day and we try to help suppliers move market share through the channel. And so the definition channel for us would be anything from a distributor to a GPO, an IDN health system. Uh, Those would be the channel that we're talking about uh, today. So during the course of this conversation, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of overview of you know what what distribution has seen in the last 12 months and gone through and where their heads are at, kind of looking forward. And then also on the other side of the channel, the GPO slash health system IDNs, kind of where they're at and, and what they're looking at going into 2021. Perfect. Yeah, this is some really valuable information. And you've had 27 years in healthcare sales and sales management. So obviously, you're no stranger to this industry. So let's just get into the distribution side. How did 2020 look through the distribution reps' eyes? And what do you see distribution reps thinking about the rest of 2021? Yeah, it's, it's interesting to have this conversation with you. I've had this conversation a bunch of times uh, via national sales meetings, a virtual natural national sales meetings over the last year. Um, but it was always two manufacturing. So it'll be interesting as the distributor reps out there listen to see if if what I say rings true for them as well. I'm, I'm very fortunate, uh, the fact that I published the magazine on the distribution side for distribution reps to get to talk to reps across the country on a regular basis. And over the course of last year, especially during those first few months, um, we were all at home and not not able to travel or get out. I was, I was talking to probably anywhere from 25 to 30 reps a week. It was so interesting to have conversations with them. And then what I what I did from there is I try to do that, you know, every month, have at least a dozen or so conversations and really spread that out, Liz, across the United States so that I was talking to folks, not just in one geography, because, like, for example, I was in Jacksonville, Florida, a couple of weeks ago, and you wouldn't know there was a pandemic. Not anybody in masks. I walked into the public grocery store and I was the only person in a mask. I felt out of place. Right. That happened to me. Yeah, totally. So it depends on where you were in the country as to how things were, were affecting you. But what I found super interesting with the with the dealer reps, the distribution reps, is they almost all went through the same exact experience, no matter where they were in the country. Some were a little more open than others are opened up a little earlier than others. And some still haven't even opened up. But one of the things so I'll, I'll take you just kind of through quarterly. So January through March last year, and this will be real interesting for the reps that are listening to see if they, they would think the same thing. Every rep that I talked to, and I'm not talking 90 percent, 
talking almost 100% every rep I talked to were having a record year at the beginning of 2020. So January, February, they were just killing it. And they were killing it. And you guys will remember this at NBC because they were selling so much flu. Uh, we were on back order with flu. They were selling just a ton of flu. Keep up with the demand. What we realized probably somewhere around mid-March is it wasn't flu that everybody was coming to the doctor for. It was COVID. Right. And I'd love to know the number of those tests that actually were negative uh, flu tests in January and February that were sold. But that's a chasing a rabbit trail. I won't do that to you. Come, <laughs> come somewhere around March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. Um, they are all like the water faucet just shut off and sales almost came to a screeching halt for the next two months. It was like mid-March, everything happened at once. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just fell off a cliff. So all of a sudden they're having a record year. Everybody's ahead of plan. And then boom, they're at about 20% of plan, March, April. And then if as you think back, and it's wild to think that that's been a year. My last trip last year was March 12th. Uh, it actually was in Nashville. I was in Nashville on March 12th last year. And to come out of that and in May, things started coming back. And those reps started to tell me kind of May, June, they were back to about 75% of sales one thing key that they were saying though by working out of their house and being at home and you know not a ton of windshield time is they were more communication they ever have been with their with their customers and then by the time we got you know june forward going into october and electives were coming back on they were ramping up because of ppe and all of the covid testing they were all back almost to 100 percent of plan by the third quarter last year and with a lot of optimism as to kind of what the foreseeable future look like. And now as I'm talking to them, they still, you know, are telling me, you know, PPE is still a problem, obviously dealing with that. You know, the reps I talk to, a lot of them are like, I have my command center set up in my house. I've got two huge screens. On one screen's all my back orders. On the other screen's all the different <laughs> places I can go to try to find product. That's a great system. Yeah, they're dealing with things they've never had to deal with before, but it's brought them so much closer uh, to you know, their customers, they're still selling COVID. I, I, the ones I've talked to this month, though, have told me that COVID has almost completely gone away, the sales, that it was so big again, like in January, February, just like last year with flu. And then, you know, going going into the back half of February into March, you know, it really has slowed down significantly. And so pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, um, the mania is kind of, you know, ceased almost even yeah, though COVID's yeah. still here. I think so for sure. I mean, you're starting to see it as you get out in public. You know, I live in a little small town in Duluth, Georgia, and people are out and about every day. It's so crowded down there. And people are still respectful and social distancing and wearing masks, you know, but as soon as they get into the restaurant or wherever they're going, the mask comes off. And as soon as they walk out of the restaurant, typically. Um, the other thing I just throw into this little tidbit right here that I picked up on from them, too, is they were see they were still seeing an expansion of um, specialty practices. Uh, family practices and, and just GPs were kind of they were they, they were seeing slow down or maybe even start to close a little, which was kind of scary. But specialties were continuing to open up uh, within health systems. Interesting. A lot of the, the trends interest me. It's um, you, you really don't know what to expect when a global pandemic hits. So um, moving on, let's touch on all of the industry events we know everyone misses: ride days, national meetings, regional meetings. When do you see all of these returning? Yeah, so as I, I actually just did a survey recently on this with reps. No one believes that, that ride days 
if they come back in 2021 will happen until probably the back half at best. They're doing plenty of virtual selling today, though. They're, I think reps are starting to actually get good at it. I think there's three types of reps. There's the reps that kind of got their head in the sand and think, eh, I don't really need to be on Zoom calls. I can do it over the phone. Then there's the reps that are really good at it and have really kind of figured out their groove there. And I think that they'll continue to do that even as we come back. I do hope we get back to face-to-face selling. And then I think you got the reps that are just so scared of that technology that they don't want to do it. But I think they're they're doing themselves a huge disservice um, because being on a Zoom call or a Teams or whatever where you can actually still see each other face-to-face, I think, makes a ton of difference. I just did a podcast um, last week with Brian Sullivan and the MedPro guys. He does some training around it, and he was talking specifically about you did be face-to-face still read body language and all of that the bit of human connection you get from seeing someone's face and yeah, that body language, it's so important. And I, I know that could definitely influence connections and, and help sales reps benefit them moving forward. There, there's no doubt. You know, when we first went into this and I started doing Zoom calls, I'd never done them before. And I, I was not a fan. I did not want to do it. But the more I did it, right. and I think all of us were kind of broke into it when we were locked at home having the, the happy hours, um, Yeah, kind of got us comfortable with having them. And now I'm as comfortable having a Zoom conversation with an account um, as I am going face to face. And it's amazing how much how much more efficient, you know, speaking of efficiency, the, the reps are, are also have told me that they have so much more time during their selling time or more selling time, I should say, in their day because they're not you know, in the car windshield time um there, there is a downside to that though i think for new reps coming in i, I think it's pretty it, it's a pretty easy transition for a rep that's been calling on his accounts or her accounts for 5 10 15 years to, to move to zoom but if you've never if you're cold calling and never been in these in front of these folks as folks start to come back in it's why i hope we do get back to some face-to-face uh for sure I'm sure that will happen, but I think it's just such a valuable set of tools to have that sales rep that can do both. And I think that's really telling of who will succeed moving forward in this new, you know, virtual driven world. Yeah, totally. But so Scott, from the sales rep standpoint, what are distribution reps asking for right now to assist with sales during this new norm? And have we seen any innovations from sales reps? Yeah, not not to be cliche, but you know, everybody you talk to is like, communicate, 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 just communicate with me. If I'm, if I'm not going to get the product, please tell me that I'm not so I can communicate that onto my account. Um, but the other thing and, the, and the, the thing they're asking for and that we've tried to deliver actually over the last year are tools to help them generate, you know, warm leads for manufacturers so that they can set up a Zoom call. And uh, we started building out these two minute end user videos for, for distribution reps specifically. So that it's a canned opening conversation around a product category that gets them a warm lead to get a manufacturer rep on. And so the example I would give, and, and we call them, the, you know, go fishing videos or, you know, just starter conversation videos. And what we ask those dealer reps to do is take one of these minute videos and go through every one of your accounts in, in a given week. And maybe you have 100 accounts. So over a given week, send out, you know, beginning of your day, 20 quick boilerplate emails with that link to that video to all of your accounts, by the end of the week, hopefully you're going to get back 5, 10, 15 accounts. They're like, hey, I'm interested in this product. Now you have you know, 10 warm leads. Get, you know, maybe that BD rep on the phone, you know, with you to close a, co- a new COVID test that they have out or, you know, um, a mid rep on the phone, whomever that may be. But you're now not just trying to 
do the needle in the haystack, you actually have, hey, I've got 10 leads set up for us next week. I'm going to set up 10 Zoom calls. And that's where you're starting to see reps that have innovated and uh, are starting and selling more than they've ever had before. And they're able to do it so quickly because they're not going from account to account. They're going from Zoom call to Zoom call, you know. And it's it's amazing to watch and to hear those that are excited about it and they're selling more than they've ever sold. I heard a stat the other day I'll throw out. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I was talking to um, one of the big distributors and you know, their comment, actually one of the big manufacturers in diagnostics, they're like, you know, before COVID hit, the average reps, and I would say across the 2,700 physician reps across the country, whether they're national, whether they're an NDC member, across those, they, about 60% of them would sell diagnostic testing or diagnostic equipment. Post-COVID, over 95% of the reps across the country have sold COVID test or a platform to sell that. That's that's an amazing leap to go from 60%. It's a crazy statistic. Yeah. And, and, and doing that virtually, which is really crazy. You're already nervous enough to talk about, you know, diagnostic stuff and jumping into the deep end of the pool on that. But now you're doing it virtually. And almost 90% of folks have across the distribution channel, according to this uh, supplier or this manufacturer, uh, have sold some kind of a diagnostic post-COVID, which to me is, is awesome because it'll mean we'll sell more of that going forward for the better health of you know, the patients across the Yeah. I mean, this it's incredible to look at where we were a year ago and where we are now and how we've used you know this adversity to really benefit the industry and help us be more efficient moving forward. And these two-minute, you know, Intro talking point videos are awesome. I think that you are, you guys are doing because that's a great tool, I think, for sales reps. Okay, let's pause for a second so we can dive a little deeper into these two-minute customer videos we've been talking about. So Share Moving Media and Repertoire Magazine have heard your requests for tools to help you grow your sales in this new norm of virtual selling we're living in. Within the RepConnect app found in your app store, there is a new section in the two-minute drill tab for two-minute customer-facing videos. These videos are designed for you to send to your customers, initiating their interest in a product so you can set up a Zoom call with both the manufacturer and the client. Take just a few minutes out of your day to check out this new tool that was designed with you in mind. Now it's March 2021. How are sales reps connecting with customers now a year into the COVID pandemic? Yeah, I may come at that question a little different versus how they're connecting with, I will touch base on how they're connecting with the customers. Obviously long time embedded relationships have moved virtual in some parts of the country. I think they are back to uh, live. I know my son is a rep in Tennessee, lives in Nashville, and he makes sales calls face to face, you know, 10 to 12 a week. And so he's, He's in accounts, the others he's doing virtually. So they are connecting that way for sure. Um, but I think the way reps are staying connected is just as important. And it's exactly what we're doing here, Liz. I mean, we're creating content that they want to consume and it's drawing them uh, back to those manufacturers. It, it's such a lesson for the manufacturing community as well as the distribution community. Content is king, and you have to deliver it in multiple ways, whether that's a podcast like we're doing here, whether it's blogs, whether it's an article in a magazine. And I'll give you a couple of just quick stats. Those two-minute videos that I was talking about with you earlier, 
in 20, we compare 2019 to 2020, we tripled the amount of views of those videos. We didn't build more videos. We built about the same number of videos, but the amount that were watched tripled for us into close to 20 plus thousand views of those two minute videos. Wow. That's off the charts huge when you're talking about 2,700 reps. Absolutely. Um, and then the other thing that jumped off the page for us is the digital viewership of Repertoire Magazine. Our website for Repertoire and the magazine is up 800% year over year. And our page views are from 150,000 page views in 2019 to almost 900,000 page views Incredible. in 2020. It just tells you how much content we're consuming it ourselves. So guess what, guys? Your customers want to consume it too. We we think, John Pritchard and I, my business partner here at Stream Media, think that consumers are only probably getting about 25 to 30% of the content they really want to consume. Now, I'm not talking about content where we're trying to sell them something or, or, or yell, you know, feature and benefit stuff. I'm talking about things that really help enhance their life and help uh, them become safe and ways to prepare for the next pandemic. Things like that, that is just true content uh, that draw them back to you. We think you'll be rewarded for those conversations. The ways that we are able to provide value to our customers in our network now, especially, you know, the different tools that have been um, enlightened through the pandemic are just really game changers. And it's incredible to see, you know, how, how many views and impressions your publications have just seen in the past year. This is, this is all awesome. And I think there's a lot of potential and a lot of different ways that um, the healthcare industry and all industries, I think, can grow from this digital transformation. Yeah, for sure. There, there's no doubt. And it, it is. It's happening. I mean, let's just look at how we buy. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I, I've never bought groceries virtually in my life until the pandemic. Uh, the fact that my parents started doing Instacart blew my mind. Like, I never <laughs> thought I'd see the day. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give you an example here when we start talking about the health systems in just a second of some really cool ways that things have been started to change. You've got to be aware of it uh, for sure. Uh, on the distribution and manufacturing side of the channel. Yeah, well, let's just jump into the health systems and let's take a look at what's going on around the country. So how how did 2020 look through the eyes of the IDN supply chain? Yeah, 2020 for those guys, they were front and center, right? I mean, think about all of the, the fussing that was going on in the media for them not having enough PPE on hand um, and the things that happened there. A lot of it not their fault. Um, you know, I'll talk a little bit about kind of in the near future and, and, and going forward um, where we see the, the IDNs and health systems uh, and how suppliers need to be calling on them and the things that they probably will be able to accomplish this year and not. And this comes from more John Pritchard, who I mentioned before. He's the publisher of the journal Healthcare Contracting, my business partner in the office right next door to me. So I hear him day in, day out talking, just like I talk with the distribution reps. He's always on the phone with supply chain executives at the at the largest health system in the country. You know, the comment that I hear him regularly make to suppliers is it's probably going to be harder than ever. And they're not you guys aren't going to want to hear this, but harder than ever in 2021 to flip an entire system from one product to your product. They're using something else. Now on the flip side of that, the good news is it's probably going to be a lot easier to get more of your products into an account where they're already buying from you. 
So said another way, these guys have so much pressure on them right now um, to get PPE and make sure they have they're taking care of their frontline workers going in and trying to make a cold call sales call on them when they're already under so much pressure and putting pressure on them to flip business. It's going to be, you're going to be banging your head against the wall. Um, but if you can go into your current accounts where you already have business and bring them value and bring them efficiency and bring them guaranteed inventories, you have a much better chance this year to penetrate those accounts much deeper than you ever have uh, in the in the past. Um, we firmly believe that that's going to be the case. You know, these folks were put in just this unfair spotlight due to, you know, running out of PPE and swabs and disinfectants and all of the things that, you know, I'm sure that their CEO of the hospital is like, how do you run out of gloves? You know, I mean, how does that happen? How and, did that happen? Yeah. It, and and it's, it's a great question, honestly. It, it happened because if you, if you think back and it's, it, it, I said it before, it's so crazy to think this was a year ago, but. It's a little over a year ago, right before we went into shutdown, China was celebrating the Chinese New Year. So factories are closed during that time. You know, I spent 10 years of my life in working for an organization out of Southeast Asia. And so this happens every year. I mean, Chinese New Year happens. It shuts down. Then they come right out of the Chinese New Year, ready to get back to work. And the pandemic locks them down. So now that factory that would have normally been closed, and I'm making this number up for two weeks for Chinese New Year now closed for maybe two months because of the pandemic. They're locked down and they can't get people in. Then you throw on top of that to add to the third component to this perfect storm, the, the worldwide demand on PPE stuff, not only in healthcare, but in the general population, you know, went through the roof. So you have more demand on a product while the factories are being shut down. That's no one's fault. That's not a, a supply chain executive's fault that they ran out of that. Now, can we prepare going forward and make sure we never forget that so that we have stuff on hand? Yes. But that within itself now makes those supply chain folks at those health systems become a lot, look a lot different. They're almost becoming distributors when they weren't self-distributing IDNs before because they're having to keep so much inventory on hand. They're still having to rotate it and they're having to put it out across their entire system to deliver it. So. I think we're going to see a little bit of a shift there as to how they operate, you know, going forward. Not a bad thing, but just, the just role a, a is shift. changing. 100%. I feel like that's the case for a lot of people in the pandemic. Their roles are shifting and duties are changing because right. they're having to do things they've never had to do before. Exactly. Yep. So, Scott, what do you see the supply chain being focused on as we move further into 2021? Yeah, so without talking out of both sides of my mouth, because it's going to be harder than ever to flip uh, a health system from one product to another product. Um, I do think they have to be agile when it comes to PPE and some of those things. I mean, you're, these guys over the last 12 months have bought from organizations they've never bought from before. Um, I think the idea of single source contracting has got to be a thing of the past. I think the idea of just-in-time inventory is at this point, does that not look like the craziest idea? When it came out, it was the most brilliant, and it's how you know distributors were taking market share from other distributors. But you go through a pandemic, just in time inventory doesn't look real good, and it makes the that supply chain executive have a lot of egg on their face when they were. But you got to remember, for the last 15 years, they've been being told take costs out of the system, take costs out of the system, take costs out of the system. How do they do that? Just in time inventory, negotiate the lowest price by giving 
you know, a sole source contract. Well, now we come through this pandemic and, hey, maybe best price isn't the thing we should be looking for in healthcare. It's like saying I want to go to the discount guy to get my open heart surgery. That's not the guy I want opening me up. No, not at all. You know, um, so I think a lot of that stuff will, will change. I don't know if stockpiling is the real answer or not. You know, it come, kind of comes back to what I was talking about before. It's making these folks become self systems. They're having to gain or, or pick up, you know, square footage in warehouses, move inventory around. It's going to be something really interesting uh, to, to watch. You know, and then the next piece to that, and, and we started seeing it, you know, I know this podcast isn't going to come out for a couple of weeks, but Texas opened up yesterday. No masks. You know, vaccines are coming. We're talking about having a uh, hybrid type meeting um, with people actually being there. Uh, it, all of that stuff is very really exciting. good news. Yeah, very yeah. good news. Um, and I think with the other thing that it will help too is um, electives will start coming back online. The health system desperately need from a financial standpoint. Yeah, you know, being there just to treat COVID patients. Yes, they're getting reimbursed at a high rate, but when wings of hospitals are shut down because they can't do elective surgeries, uh, that's a lot of infrastructure that's not doing anything. It's like having a factory that you don't have orders for. Sitting, sitting there is just, it'll starve you. So all of that coming back online, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll get these, these folks back to healthy. Um, and I would just say to the audience that calls on these folks to be patient with them because they've had so much pressure on them last 12 months. I think patience is is a really key thing that we've all had to get better at this past year. There's no doubt. Thank you, Scott. This has been just really eye-opening and interesting to hear about a lot of this information. So this is really great to hear. Um, and I, before we go, I would like to wrap up by asking you, Scott, do you have a piece of advice for our listeners who are still navigating the business challenges that have accompanied this pandemic? Yeah, I would, I would say a couple of things. One, thank you for the podcast. Thank you for putting content out um, for your uh, members and for the manufacturers, you know, who are also your customers. Um, I think content is going to be more important than ever. I think that the distribution sales rep has become more important than they have been since probably the 90s or early 2000s. You know, we kind of went through that window and around 2010 to 2019 or so where, oh, we just need to call in the health system. We don't need the day-to-day distribution rep. Well, coming through 2020, that day-to-day distribution rep saved a lot of lives by getting product where it needed to be, moving it around and taking care of their customers. So from a manufacturing community, I would say my piece of advice there is don't uh, don't overlook that distribution rep because they're very important to their accounts and they can help you sell stuff. The, th- the, the second thing I would put out Communicate with your customers is going to be huge. It's going to be how we draw them to us, how we move market share um, throughout the channel, which is what we started with. The one key component to the channel and the piece of advice I would give to manufacturers as far as distribution is concerned, these guys have become so important in the last 12 months. You know, probably as important as they used to be back in the 90s and the early 2000s. I think the, as an industry, we went through a little bit of a lull with distribution reps where we thought, ah, we just need to call on the health system, the IDNs. They're buying all the practices up. We don't need to worry about those guys as much anymore. We're just going to call on those national account guys, those SAM teams. You know what? Over the last 12 months, 
these guys have become incredibly important to their accounts. They've saved tons of lives by moving product where it needed to be, taking gloves, taking disinfectants, face masks, all of the things that they've done to take care of their customers. They're going to be rewarded for that for years. Um, please don't overlook the importance of your distribution reps out there. They can help you sell so much and so much market share um, in the coming years based off of the, the relationships they've grown in this pandemic. So those would be my two pieces of advice. Don't overlook the distribution rep and content is going to be king. Communicate like crazy. I couldn't agree more. Um, content is the center of what we do now, especially in the virtual world. And you can't overlook the people who are, you know, pulling their weight and making this whole supply chain work. So that was a really important piece of advice. Thank you, Scott, so much for joining us on Parcels of Info and NDC podcast. We really appreciate your insight, input, and everything for you to come on with us today. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I will I will just put one little plug out there. You know, we've been, John and I have been writing blogs for the last about six months for marketing folks around content. We just talked about content so much that I think that's important. They're on my LinkedIn on a regular basis. We put them in the daily news regularly. So make sure you're getting those and, and check them out. And we also just started a podcast around, it's called the Marketing Minute that'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks. And oh, it's great. We're talking about those topics of best in, what best-in-class organizations, even outside of our industry, are doing with content um, to help give examples and to try to help move some share for some of the, the suppliers out there that are working through the channel. Well, I want to look at that as a content creator, for sure. Absolutely. It's, it, I, post, we just, I just posted one this morning on my LinkedIn. So I'll go check uh, it out. Thanks, yeah, Scott. They're, they're, they're short reads, about four minutes. Great. Good to know. Well, thank you. And that's a valuable piece of information that our listeners can go visit. And we'll include that information in the description of the podcast. So thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Parcels of Info, an NDC podcast, our most efficient way to deliver parcels of valuable information straight to the healthcare supply chain. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite streaming platform. Like, share, and check us out next time. Bye.